They're superheroes, but do they have any musical talent? This week on the Nerd Byword, we'll find out. The Byword starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, nerds, welcome to a brand new episode of the Nerd Byword Podcast, episode 145. I am Dave, here with my buddy Chris, and this week we are talking musical talents in the superhero character community. Which uh, superhero characters would make great band members, and if they weren't a band, what instrument would they play? Each of us is going to make a band comprised completely from comic book characters. But before we get to that particular uh, fun little event, it is first time for Nerd News. All right, Chris, what's new? Uh, unfortunately, Dave, I have sad tidings today, but I feel that it is apropos for our show because we have lost a nerd icon. Uh, Lance Reddick uh, passed away from natural causes at the age of 60. Many fans know him uh, from the John Wick franchise. Um, from the Destiny video game series in which he was a voice actor, um, very beloved by that community, um, was recently cast as Zeus in the upcoming Percy Jackson Disney Plus series, which I thought was absolutely perfect. One of the most underrated character actors, voice actors, in my opinion, in Hollywood, in the game. Um, So really, really tough loss here. And you and I were talking off off show uh in our text message he's also one of the the lead characters in one of the truly underrated sci-fi shows of the past decade or so if you will um and we're not talking firefly and all these like you know people say firefly is so underrated or this is underrated but a lot of people talk about it okay not enough people dave are talking about fringe and it is truly leaning into the weird aspects of sci-fi and it was just so masterfully done um i mean you had leonard nimoy there um you had joshua jackson the whole cast was just wonderful um and lance reddick is like the director it's, it's been it's been a good time since i've watched it i watched it live every week um and just it was just such appointment television for me being a nerd um and so losing lance reddick is is truly a deep cut here um, to the nerd world and we he will sorely be missed and thoughts and prayers and um you know vibes to his wife and his his family um and we will truly truly miss him yeah um it's interesting how uh reddick's passing actually caused us to have a conversation i think for the first time um about fringe which uh, stands as one of my all-time favorite shows. I uh, started watching it because it was giving off this sort of X-Files-y vibe, and I was a really big X-Files fan, so, you know, FBI investigating weird, you know, stuff. I was there for that. But then, it, you know, it kind of developed into its very own unique thing, and, and everybody on that show was just, you know, firing in all cylinders, including including Lance Reddick. So it was just a really, really good show. I agree. Uh, not enough people still talk about Fringe. We might have to do like a fringy episode or something, Chris. 
Um, you know, it, I've sung the praises of a particular new video game uh, property for a while now, too, and that's the Horizon game Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. Um, I know that uh, those games keep getting overshadowed by other releases that come out around the same time. For the first one, it was Breath of the Wild. I think they, it, the two games released like within a couple of weeks of each other. And then for the most recent one, it was Elden Ring that kind of overshadowed it. But the Horizon games are, are super special to me and probably some of my favorite open world games. Um, and Reddick uh, played a role in those as well. Um, I think he did mocap work. His likeness was in there and he did the voice acting for a character called Silence and his performance in there is just, you know, it, it really elevated the game's story, which is, you know, really sci-fi. Um, so, yeah, losing Reddick is, is a big, big loss to the uh, to the nerd world for sure. But I do want to say um, that his wife thanked fans for their support uh, and their messages. And she is asking for donations to be made in his name to momcares.org, which is a nonprofit organization serving mothers and families in Baltimore, which is Reddick's hometown. So um, if you feel so inclined and if you have some uh, disposable income, we would ask that you would also make donations for a great cause uh, in the Baltimore area there. Uh, Dave. Uh, one of my new found beloved characters is making headlines. Yeah, so um, I think it's it's no secret to say that the current run on uh, Nightwing over at DC Comics has been really, really interesting. Um, the writing has been really strong. Uh, you know, there's a lot of moves happening and trying to, to elevate the character kind of back to a spot of prominence, you know, considering... Uh, you know, Dick Grayson is, is a very, very important character of the history of comic books. I've, you know, applauded that. Um, but I think the thing that really grabs me the most about the book and has for a while is uh, Bruno Redondo, who, and whose art on the book is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and what makes Redondo really interesting to me, too, um, is that he's always interested in experimenting. And so uh, Nightwing number 87, I believe, uh, the entire book was one continuous panel, uh, which was so very cool and so unique and experimental. I, I don't think I had seen that done before um, and really, really enjoyed that way of trying to tell a story, you know, in, in comic book form. And then uh, they just announced that um, Nightwing number 105 is going to be drawn from a first-person perspective from Dick Grayson. So it's like uh, FPS style, basically, where the reader is going to be looking through the eyes of Dick Grayson for the entirety of the issue. Um, and I think that is really, really cool as well. I'm not saying that you know that hasn't been done before. I think people have totally experimented with like first-person perspectives in comic books. But I don't think I've, I've seen a whole issue done like that. And I'm really, really excited to see, even already based on the cover that was released and a couple of you know pages, uh, how that is going to shake out as far as how it influences the storytelling and the pacing to see everything through Dick uh, Grayson's eyes. So uh, Nightwing is really just a book to, to keep an eye on right now because there's always something neat coming down the pipeline in that book. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about this. And doggone it, I've just got so much on my content plate. I, you know, we were talking about Fringe a moment ago, um, and I really want to rewatch it. For those of you that are curious, uh, Dave and I did some research. It is currently streaming on HBO Max, and you can also watch it on Prime Video with ads. I forget what they call it now. Is it 
2v or something not not to be it's the free v something you can watch it on prime for free you just have to watch ads and it's also on hbo max so i i really want to watch that but then i'm also in the midst of this this buffy first time watch so like that's taking up a good deal of time i've got new video games the new wrestling game is coming out um i'm behind on comics trying to get caught up on the armageddon game and tmnt um and then you know, Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite. I'm tag teaming back and forth with them as well. It's just all over the place. But Nightwing may have skyrocketed up to like the top spot now with this because I'm so excited to see this. I'm hilariously behind. I'm I'm at the point where Sam Humphreys took over and I think I'm in like the 30s, maybe the 40s when it comes to issues. And you say, Chris, we'll just jump to when Taylor came on to the book. You'll be fine. My moral compass won't let me do that. <laughs> I have to read it all. I have to be a completionist like that. I, I mean, I'm 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 lucky in that my my morality code will let me start with rebirth and not read the older stuff. I usually, when I do a deep dive on a character, it's literally everything. So yeah, I, I really desperately have to get caught up because I'm dying to get to the Taylor era. More on Tom Taylor in Nerd Commendations, but. I'm I'm really excited about this book and uh there's I love everything about this character, man. Here, here, totally agreed. Alright, there you have it. That's it for Nerd News. Stick around. After a quick break, we'll be back with this week's Big Talk when we talk musicians that are also comic book characters. What? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, nerds, we are back, and it is time for this week's And in this week's Big Talk, Chris and I, uh, on suggestion of Chris, who is just a fountain of weird ideas here lately, uh, decided to talk about building a band made up of comic book characters. Who would be playing which role in the band? What you know? I, I don't even know what the band name might be. The superheroes? I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, we're going to go ahead and try to build a band. We're going to take uh, turns adding uh, somebody to each of our bands who we want to see in a particular role, and we'll see how the whole band shakes out. So, Chris, uh, first things first. Who's your lead singer? Okay, so just to give you guys a quick rundown as we go here, I'm. Uh, it's kind of crazy how inspiration comes to me. It's like a creative muse. I was washing dishes yesterday morning and Dave said, what are we doing for tomorrow's recording? (laughs) And so I was jamming out in my headphones because that's the only way that I can get chores done is if I have my headphones in and I'm jamming out. So I just said, let's make a band. And he responded with three question marks. (laughs) And so I was just like, you know how we did that mission to space? Let's just make a band. If we were to make a nerd band of nerd centric characters, you know, what are we going to do? So I came up with the roles. We would need lead vocals, a guitarist, a bassist, drummer, and then a manager because that's always fun. So my lead vocalist, my initial thought was something along the lines of what you did for your lead vocalist. But on the Marvel side of it, the equivalent would be Banshee, Sean Cassidy from the X-Men, who, I mean, like when you think of a loud, shrieking voice, rock music lends itself easily to Banshee. But I kind of went the other way on that one. 
Um, when I think of like a lead vocalist in a rock band, I think that they are emblematic of the group. They are like the spokesperson, the figurehead, if you will. They are the ambassador. They're the ones that get all the accolades and the attention. I mean, like look at some of the lead vocalists, uh, you know, throughout rock history, Freddie Mercury. When you think of Queen, you think of Freddie Mercury. It's your first association. Um, when you think of Panic at the Disco, Brendan Urie is the first one that comes to mind. Um, when you think of The Doors, you think of Jim Morrison. For a while, he was the only member, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wanted my lead vocalist to be someone who grabs attention, can own the conversation, own the show. And you'd be hard-pressed to find a character who has leading lady vibes like that than storm aurora monroe and so i want her to be the face of the of my franchise i i think just that name being attached alone is already gonna gain some ears uh and some attention um and i fully believe that she's got the pipes to back it up and then just think about like the aesthetics that you would have at one of those concerts if she has control over the weather, the atmosphere that she, pun fully intended, that she could create at one of these concerts, especially if she's playing at like the Red Rocks Amphitheater or something like that, or or playing like Central Park or one of these big open air stadiums, that would be really, really cool. So Storm is my leading lady in so many aspects of my life and including my rock band. An interesting choice for sure. Um has has there ever been any like scenes or anything in in the comic book of her like being uh, having singing inclinations or anything? Like I said yes. before many times, yes. I'm not that I'm not that familiar with the with the whole X Men franchise. So, so there's like a like just like a slice of life kind of page or two on Krakoa, and I believe it's if and X fans correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's Jean Grey and Storm duetting on the same microphone. Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. And if you can sing that song, you can sing anything. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So that that also was was at the forefront of my mind when I made this pick as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I totally can see that then. And uh, it's a very interesting choice, Chris. All right. So, Dave, I called your lead vocalist from a mile away. I mean, like, uh, spot on. Well, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm nothing if not consistent, right? Uh, so for me, uh, lead vocalist should absolutely be uh, Black Canary. Uh, there, you know, it's it's not just that she has powers that are related to her vocal cords with the canary cry and all that, but she has actually been depicted multiple times in multiple forms of media as a singer. Uh, there's a, a fairly memorable run, I believe, during the uh, New 52, uh, where she's actually touring with a band and is the lead singer. Uh, the uh, DC bombshells universe she, uh, that takes place sort of in the 30s and 40s. Uh, she is also depicted as a singer. And then, of course, we have, uh, you know, the Birds of Prey movie where she was once again depicted as a singer. So there's a long history now in, in more modern media of leaning into uh, the vocal stylings of Black Canary. So I think that uh, putting her in lead vocals makes sense. Uh, there's also, you know, the factor that oftentimes in many bands, the lead vocalist is also sort of the face of the band. 
um, and and the leader. And that makes sense for Black Canary. She's been in in sort of leadershipy positions very often. Um, you know, she's a, a team player um, who knows how to get the most out of the people on her team. So she's just <clears throat> in in pretty much every facet of natural to be in the lead for a band like this. Now listen. Just because it was a clear number one pick for you does not mean I'm denigrating it in any form or fashion. Simply because the number one reason uh, you posited an idea of quote unquote fixing uh, Harley, the emancipation of the birds, the birds, whatever that subtitle is, my God, but the the Birds of Prey movie, you you were like, hey, could we fix this movie? Because I have some I was like, "Mm -mm, nope, Journey Smollett is in it. And she is perfect as Black Canary. I mean, and look, I mean, look no further for a perfect encapsulation of a lead singer. I mean, it's literally right there. So uh, I have no bones to pick about that. Listen, if Michael Jordan, if Patrick Mahomes are available, if you'll if you'll uh, afford me a sports reference on an, on a very non sports podcast, uh, if they're available, you're going to pick them number one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes perfect sense, at least to me, as the consummate DC fan. So. What can I say? Uh, let's move on to guitarist. Uh, now, this this made perfect sense to me once I saw your pick. Uh, d- explain yourself, Chris. Dude, I, this is this is an, a no shade to Storm. This is my favorite pick that I made. I was I was looking for a lead guitarist, and I was like, I don't know why it took me more than 0.25 seconds. My guitarist is Spider Punk. I mean, like it's perfect. It's, 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 I mean, like, what more can you say about it? Um, and it's such a fun character. Uh, so for those of you who are, may not be familiar, this is an alt universe spider character. Um, foul mouth teenager, Hobie Brown. Um, he's, he's spider punk. He's a punk rock inspired character. Um, he's, I mean, you got a black spider character who loves punk rock. I mean, it's so cool. It's so imaginative. It's so fun. Um, I don't remember if I have nerd commended it before, but I nerd commend it now. The most recent little mini series um, by one of our all time faves, uh, Cody Ziegler was great. The art was fun and expressive and indicative of that punk rock aesthetic and so there's there's one cover where you have like the traditional like spider signal in the background and then he's doing this leaping guitar move with the cord attached. Uh, it's just it's so great. I love Hobie Brown as a character. I'm super stoked to see him in the um, Spider-Verse uh, across the Spider-Verse coming up voiced by Daniel Kaluuya. I'm like, come on. Just come on. I, I could not be more geeked about this movie coming up. But I mean, like when you're talking about a lead guitarist, you'd be hard pressed to find a better pick in the nerd world than Spider-Punk. See, I'm not that familiar with Spider-Punk, just like very peripherally. Um, but the way you describe it, it makes absolutely perfect sense for, for the character to be, uh, you know, lead guitarist for a band like this. And uh, I'm just psyched for this pick. This is uh, much, much cooler than I thought. Uh, and, and now I really want to read some Spider-Punk. So uh might be time for me to get off my keister and check that character out a little bit more. If I, if I remember, remember correctly, it's a five-issue mini with Cody Ziegler, who wrote that beloved issue of Aunt May and Doc Ock. So you, you know you're going to love it. Who's he's also, writing, um, he's also writing the new Miles book, which is great as well. Very cool, man. Very cool. 
Dave, I thought this was a typo, but in, when it comes to Flash-centric characters, I'm almost agnostic at this point because you run real fast, and that's the extent of what I know. Okay, so uh, let's talk about a character uh, that, that might seem like a weird pick on the surface, but I think totally works in the context of our little band here. Uh, so Bart Allen is uh, known as the superhero Impulse. He is, I believe, the grandson of Barry Allen. Uh, he comes from the future uh, and then settles sort of in present day and interacts with all the other speedsters. He is... Um, uh, the, the poster child for a kid that cannot sit still and has to run his mouth nonstop. Um, I mean, it's the perfect sort of speedster characterization. He's had some really cool runs. He actually was the Flash uh, himself for a little while. Um, so, you know, he's a very high energy teenager. Um, he memorably, actually, in his original run of his own series, Impulse, uh, learned to play uh, electric guitar so there's actually some um, precedent for this but the thing that i found really interesting about the character and i think makes him work really well as a lead guitarist is that uh, he has sort of mastered the ability uh to read really really fast using his speedster abilities and retain all the information he takes in um, in a sort of early 2000s run of Teen Titans, he actually becomes Kit Flash for a little while. And uh, he, he starts by reading an entire library just to make sure that he has like the knowledge to do the job right. Um, so if, if you're looking for somebody who can, you know, learn to play various styles and songs really fast, um, th this is your guy. I mean, he will he will learn what he needs to uh, what he needs to learn very very quickly. On top of that, uh, can you imagine the guitar solos if you have a speedster on the guitar? Uh, there'd be some cyclics going on there. So for me, uh, lead guitarist has got to be Bart Allen Impulse. I'm always here for a motormouth smart aleck uh, character, so I may have to investigate this one further. And and you you absolutely need like high energy from a lead guitarist, so that absolutely tracks. All right, Chris. So that brings us to uh, uh, bass bass guitar. What do you got? Listen, I wanted I wanted this character to be on my band. It was just a matter of finding the right role for for them. Um, it's funny because like the inside joke about rock bands is like the basis is the one that you need to watch. Like they're the actual cool one. Um, they bring the vibes. And so I tossed a, a couple of characters. I almost went Gambit because Gambit is like the cool guy in Marvel comics and the X-Men, but I got to have Misty Knight in my band. And I think like she brings, there's just so much I love about this character. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a more underrated and underappreciated character in comics. Like why doesn't she have a solo series? Like a badass cop with, with a metallic arm. Like, come on. Like I, I just, there's just so much I love about Misty Knight. Um, and I think she would bring those vibes as like the muscle of the, of the band and like the bassist and like you don't mess with this person and she brings those vibes like it's a good time when misty knight shows up in the comic book she shows up in the previously mentioned um miles morales series that cody ziggler is writing right now and it's just a really fun team up um so i love misty knight while we're sitting here um 
casting our hopes and dreams about who's going to show back up from the Netflix universe in the Disney Plus, uh, you know, series. Bring me, bring me Simone Missick back, uh, back, please and thank you. Um, so I love Misty Knight, and she is my bassist. Cool, cool, cool pick. Misty Knight is such a neat character. Uh, picturing her, you know, jamming out on on bass that that. That just makes my heart sing, man. So that's a just, fantastic. Just just a cybernetic. I don't know if it's cybernetic. I can't remember cybernetic or at least a metallic arm, like on playing a bass. Just that image is cool to me. Yeah, it's just it's very very cool image. Also makes you wonder if there's some special features that can be added to that arm to just really make her right. Shred. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> so to my great shame. This is a character that so many people rant and rave about the movie, the comic book, the video game, and I know absolutely nothing about it other than Michael Sarah, whom I love, was in the movie. And 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 is decent casting, I'll freely admit. But yeah, I mean, if you think uh, you know, comic book and and bass guitar, you got to think Scott Pilgrim. Uh, so I, I, you know, I've, I've read like the first volume and I'm, I'm sort of peripherally familiar with the character. Um, but just, it was like the first thing that jumped into my mind as soon as, uh, you know, as, as I saw bass guitars, like, oh, that's, that's gotta be Scott Pilgrim. Um, just, uh, apparently really, really, uh, you know, awkward lady focused kind of guy, la- you know, lasers in on wanting to get the girl and. But at the same time, still can shred on a guitar. So that that's, I think, you know, fair for a bass guitarist. You know, they they kind of stand in the shadow, generally speaking, of the lead guitarist. Um, but uh, they, uh, they're they there still to pick off the lady. So I think uh, Scott Pilgrim is the right guy for the job. And this is, let's just, just serve as a reminder that I absolutely need to visit this character. Yeah, I think there are so many cool things out there that even you and I, as many comic books as we read, still need to dive deeper into. Like I said, I've only read the first volume and I need to get back to it. And, you know, there's six, so I have to still read the other five. All right, so that brings us now to drums. And this this made me laugh out loud when I saw it. Like I uh, I was almost spit out my breakfast. So uh, what, what have you got there on drums? This was the most fun pick. And oddly enough, it was the first one that came to mind. I think like when I when I thought up this episode, I think it was like a drum solo going on when I was texting you. But I I'm putting Benjamin J. Grimm on drums. I want the thing on drums. It just the aesthetic of seeing this this mountain of a man on the drums just rocking out pun fully wholeheartedly with my whole chest intended. I think it's just perfect. Also, like I just love the thing. Like, the rest of the Fantastic Four is kind of hit or miss for me. Like, I I should be reading more Fantastic Four comics because every time Ben Grimm shows up in, like, a supporting role in another book, I'm like, God, I love that guy. Um, there's a great... Um, one of my favorite artists that I found on Twitter was Sebastian Pires. Uh He's located in Argentina. He does some stuff for Dynamite, I believe. But he did, like, um, he did a piece where has Ben Grimm and Raphael from the Ninja Turtles in those detective style coats. Uh, and they're like side by side. So I just love Ben Grimm and I should probably be rereading, uh, be reading more fantastic four, but I think he's just perfect as the drummer. I also have one of my favorite t-shirts that I had in high school and college was that print of 
them playing the poker game and Ben Grimm is like front and center. So I'm just like, yeah, that could easily put a drum set in front of him. It's the same vibes. So what you're saying is that he would rock in that position. See, see, uh, I laid it right I'll, there for I'll, you. I'll, I'll, I'll see myself out now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that you know, I actually can kind of see this as 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 odd as that sounds. Like I'm I'm totally here for for Ben Grimm just you know banging those sticks. So let's uh, let, let let's do that. I like it. Now, Dave, your drummer pick is like spot on. This is your spider punk pick, if you will. Yeah, it's it, it's the mo- the one that was most logical. Uh, at least to me, and uh, I had to, you know, definitely make us take a step back to make sure I don't try to put Mary Jane on on lead vocals or something. But uh, drums obviously should be Gwen Stacy. Now we're talking about Spider Gwen here, of course, uh, who in that particular uh, parallel universe actually is in a band with uh, with Mary Jane Watson, and Gwen Stacy plays the drums, and I think Mary Jane plays lead guitar and does lead vocals. Uh, so I mean, it, it's just like right there. It was easy pickings. Uh, you know, who better than a character that is known for playing the drums to put on the drums for our sort of multiversal comic book character bands here? So Gwen Stacy was my obvious pick here. One of my favorite. And there's so many. It's my favorite movie of all time. My favorite superhero movie. My favorite Spider-Man movie. There's so much to love, but I love that um, that intro that she gets where she goes immediately from playing drums and then it transitions like into the whole Peter Parker, the lizard thing. It's just such a wild animation and it works so well. And then like her intro when she comes into the forest and they're playing that hard rock music. It's so great as well. Yeah, I'm generally speaking, just a real big fan of the character. I think she's just very, very neat. Um, you know, Initially, my 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 instinct was, oh, here's you know this this weird variant, and it you know it's one hit wonder kind of thing. Uh, but you know the the writing on the character has been pretty strong across the board in the comic books, and then her inclusion, obviously, in uh, in uh, you know, the Spider Verse movie, um, is she just she just really sings as a character now, pun fully intended. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big. Uh, I'm a big spider Gwen Ghost Spider. I think they're calling her these days, but I just can't quite get myself to use that. Yeah, that, I'm, that, I'm a pretty big Spider Gwen fan. Stop! Stop trying to make Ghost Spider work. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's not. and it's it's funny because my brain kind of went all over the place as you were giving your your reasoning behind it. Uh, number one, it'd be funny if like six one six, still dead to my knowledge, Gwen with her go go boots was the drummer. That's a funny visual. Um, but listen, follow me on this rabbit hole. Dave, there's another Gwen Stacy that you and I wholeheartedly love. And can you imagine her playing drums? And we're talking, oh my of course, God. about Ult- ultimate, 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 oh. ultimate, get your blip, get your bleep button ready, get your pen out. Ultimate, I will cut a bitch Gwen Stacy on the drums. <laughs> oh, yes. She would too. Holy crap, she would. It, it, you know, it doesn't hurt that she actually eventually comes back as Carnage, so she co- could have totally cut, you know, several, in fact. Her drumsticks so. probably <laughs> double as, like, she probably hits a button on the drumsticks and, like, knives come out of it. I totally would believe that. Yeah, I, I, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that brings us to uh, the manager, the one who has to, you know, find the uh, 
the gigs and and you know make sure the the band rakes in the moolah and who is the natural person for your band to do this chris I mean, it's Emma Frost. It's the queen of capitalism. I have my druthers about living in a capitalistic society and the separation of wealth. But the one who benefits from that um, the most and does it so well and works the game is Emma Frost. She's a self-made woman. Yes, she came from privilege, but she said screw that to her abusive and toxic family and then made that money on her own. Now, how much did she actually make on her own being the 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 master telepath that she is we don't need to talk about that but <laughs> she i can't think of a better person to be like the the go-to person for a rock band than emma frost like she's she can carry all of that stuff everything that she does with the hellfire trading company the hellfire club back in the day i mean she's she seems like just the perfect fit for a manager in that role and she can she can handle that responsibility, um, and I just think it's a perfect pick for me. I also just love the character, and I just want her on my team all the time. Yeah, I, I think this makes perfect sense. Uh, she's sort of known, even I know this with you know like business savvy and and being able to you know get her way with people. So uh, I think she's really a perfect manager to help push this band forward. Absolutely. All right, Dave, even the little bit that you have told me about this character in recent weeks uh, made me giggle when I saw them as your manager. Yeah, so uh, if I think of somebody who's a total, like, uh, you know, money-hungry go-getter... Are you sure this isn't... Themselves. Are you sure that isn't the groupie role? We didn't put a groupie role or a roadie on here. No, no, no. This is a person who's willing to put himself out there. I mean, this is this is a guy who, in the series The 52, when he died, there were sponsorship stickers all over his casket. Okay? <laughs> he faked his death, and his, and his casket was sponsored. Okay? So you think the, the the suit he ran around in for a while that had sponsorship on it, like somebody's NASCAR suit was hilarious enough. His casket had sponsorship. If there's anybody who's going to find gigs for this band and make the money, it's got to be Booster Gold. The absolute fame and glory hungry dude from the future who is totally going to use his future knowledge to, to find all the best venues to play a concert. Uh, he's absolutely the perfect manager. I'm so excited about this. And just that idea of the image of the casket makes me want to check that series out by itself. 52 is, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic. It's just a great, great, great series. And, uh, you know, if you've never read it, it's it's totally worth it. it does so many cool things with so many obscure characters. Uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. All right. So uh, for Giggles... Uh, Chris talked me into discussing perhaps some of our uh, favorite bands as sort of an addendum to this little discussion of building our bands. I know my musical tastes are odd for a person my age and persuasion, so uh, I'm not always thrilled to talk about my musical tastes, but I'm totally thrilled to talk about Chris's musical tastes. So, Chris, uh, <laughs> what's one of your favorite bands? Some people pay heavy credence to horoscopes which i do some people play heavy credence to personality assessments which i do uh another one of those is your playlist what's on your playlist so i i was finally after a decade plus of friendship i was finally get, able to get that out of dave and he made it like it was this big thing that he was nervous about but 
I, I wholeheartedly co-sign his playlist. So uh, my top three picks, um, if we're going like rock bands, um, the ones that are on constant repeat for me are the Black Keys. I love blues and I love bluesy rock. And I, I think that they combine those two things so well. It's atmospheric and it's just always good for easy listening. They're at the top of my playlist when I have to like grade papers or I've got a bunch of busy work that I've got to complete. Um, my second pick is the killers. Like I'm just like a quirky guy. I'm weird. I'm off kilter. I think up random episode ideas while I'm washing dishes. Um, so the killers <laughs> are kind of the killers are kind of emblematic for me. Of they're, they're like off the beaten path. They're not your your standard rock band. And that synth rock, like that callback to the '80s kind of vibe, is so fun to me. Also. Um, Hot Fuss was like the soundtrack of my high school years. Uh, Mr. Brightside, unfortunately or fortunately, was my anthem. Like, I always try to find, like, the worst things in the world could be going on, and my naivete is undefeated. So, uh, I love The Killers. Um, Somebody Told Me will forever get me hyped. Um when you were young, when that whole, when that album came out and, um, uh, also another reason for this game, I was getting nostalgic, Dave. I don't know. Did you ever play rock band back in the day? Oh my God. It was all I did in college. So rock band, um, guitar hero was fun, but it was the most communal thing that I've ever done with my closest friends is we went on world tour um, you see, you know, some people pulled all nighters in college doing a keg stand, a blacking out, getting drunk, you know, experimenting with recreational drug use. I had my closest friends and we played through the night rock band. We would play 86 song set list and that's what we did. And when rock band added some killers, um, that was my happy place. Um, and then my third and final pick is a pivotal band. And some people like to criticize them because Meg White is not the best drummer, not the most innovative drummer in the world. Also, the weird dynamic of being in a band with your ex-wife. Um, I don't care. I love the White Stripes. I love Jack White. I think he's a visionary. I think he's one of those singular individuals in music like Prince, um, like Beyonce, that just transcend genre and they're so creative and they're so innovative and cool. I love the White Stripes. I mean, has Seven Nation Army been played to death in arenas and pep rallies and basketball games? Yes, it has. Does it still slap? Yes, it does. One of the coolest music videos in Seven Nation Army. Um, but I also love like that some of their music is so different and it's so quirky and weird go crazy. I mean, Icky Thump is a weird song, um, but it's so biting, like, politically and social commentary-wise. Um, Get Behind Me Satan is such a fun one. Like, like I said, they blend genres. They have that bluesy rock, which is automatically going to launch them into my playlist if you get blues in there. Um, I'm an old soul in a lot of respects. Um, uh, almost even some gospel feels to some of his stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, those are my top three picks. Um, and Dave, you were super anxious about sharing yours, but this is, this is a safe space and I accept you. 
<laughs> okay, well, if you're if you're so accepting of of my my general weirdness, just be just be glad I didn't go full out here. Um, so uh, f- first on my list is probably um, Journey. Uh, I'm a big fan of like uh, you know the whole '80s arena rock scene. Um, yes. even, even hair metal and all that, uh, there's a, there's Love a hefty it. dose Love of nostalgia, it. obviously, you know, since I was a, a, a little kid during that time. And a lot of that music is sort of the soundtrack of my childhood, but, but journey in particular, just kind of put his hooks in me. I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, with obviously Steve Perry's vocals. Um, I still think he's easily top three greatest rock vocalists of all time. Um, and I, I just can listen to him do anything. In fact, he actually recently, recently a couple of years ago or so, came out with uh, a new album. Actually, um, and there's some some good stuff in there. Obviously, he's older and you know more mellow, but his voice is still really incredible. So, so Journey is is right up there for me. It's just an absolutely fantastic '80s band. Quick interjection: the popular one is "Don't Stop Believing." That one withheld. What's your favorite Journey song? Uh, if you if you withhold, don't stop believing. There's actually a little little track. I think it was a B side called um, "The Party Is Over." Uh, Hopelessly Ooh, in love. I just, there's something cut. about the yeah. There's something about the guitar on that that I really really mm-hmm. appreciate, and it has it's very it's very high energy, uh, despite mm-hmm. the fact that it's it's. Um, you know about a breakup so it's not you know it's not like a revenge breakup song or something but it's still very high energy even though it's talking about uh, you know the disintegration of a relationship and i think that that juxtaposition works really really well it's it's probably one of my top five most played songs from from my journey collection see um i'm a sap like that so i always go faithfully um and continuing Uh, it's, it's a it's it's my two-year-old's favorite song too from Journey, so oh. <laughs> he keeps asking for it. God, I get, I, you better don't don't tempt me because I'm gonna start singing right now. Um, and then um, I I'm kind of hit or miss on the uh, the recent Tron movie that they made, but when they started with Separate Ways, similar to the vibe that you were talking about in, in that song, of like, listen, I know we're broken up, but like, if that dude does anything sideways, it's on. I, I love that song and that like that synthesizer right at the beginning to open that. I'm like, ah, oh, it's so great. Uh, so my my second band in my top three is uh, probably going to feel odd, uh, you know, for for people who've been listening to the pod for a long time. But uh, my my second favorite band is Fallout Boy. Um, I have I have a mad love for this band, and I actually. Um, discovered them when I was in college uh, with the you know their first sort of mainstream big album uh, from Under the Cork Tree, um, and I, I bought that CD and popped it in my car, and I probably just like I had a, an hour commute uh, to college at the time I was not uh, living on campus, and so I drove every day an hour to campus and then an hour back, so I was two hours in the car, and I just slapped this album in, and I basically just listened to it straight through for the entire drive there and back. It's just there is not a single bad track on that entire album. I don't care what anybody says, that entire album slaps. And I have just been following them ever since. Every time something new comes out, you know, I'm I'm there for it. And and you know, some albums hit better with me than others, but they've never let me down, you know? Like there's always at least on every album five, five four or five really really good songs that really speak to me. Um they're just right up there. It's one of my favorites. Every album and 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 I think 
a lot of people are like, oh, that's a gauche pick. Of course you'd pick them. But like for me, listen, you want to make jokes about it? I feel the same way about Nickelback. Like it became like this in joke to like, oh, Nickelback sucks. I'm like, no, they don't. I never understood that vibe. And I never understood people giving Fallout by a hard time. Every single album that they've released has one song that you are guaranteed to sing with your full chest. Absolutely. You know, and, and even like when, when you get into this, or maybe even especially when you get into the songs that are not released to the radio, um, you just you run into songs that are just really, really good. Uh, uh, Young Volcanoes is really good. I love that one. Uh, and I know that one wasn't released as a single. And it's still just like every time it, I listen to it, you know, just like it just, it just gets under my skin. I really like that song. So, um, you know, also it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that the lead singer did the, the music for Spidey and his amazing friends. Right. <laughs> so there's, yeah, you, yeah, he, he performed and composed several songs for that cartoon and, and that does not hurt because they're pretty awesome actually. So, uh, that's a really cool vibe for that cartoon to have as well. Um, and uh, and then last uh, is 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 a weird one from the nineties. Deep but, cut, uh, deep cut. Yeah. But I love it. I have several of those. You know, bands that had like one album that really spoke to me, and then they either disappeared or they they had a lackluster follow up. You know, you know who I had to think of when we're talking about this was Alien Ant Farm. Alien Ant. Oh Farm my god! One of the album. best covers ever. Yes, oh. but you know what? What what's totally underappreciated. Uh, besides their smooth, smooth criminal cover, um, is that that entire album anthology? Anthology is absolutely incredible. Like there is not a bad track on on, on that whole record. It's absolutely incredible. But then their second album came out and it just did not connect with me at all. I don't know what they did with like their, their musical style. They went in a different direction. But man, that one album is still in my rotation. I still listen to that constantly. But the one I ended up putting up uh, on the list is uh new radicals who are kind of a one hit wonder uh with uh, the song called uh, you get what you give um and i think the lead singer who was sort of also a music producer decided he didn't want to be in a one hit wonder band and just quit after that first album but when you sit down and really just like listen to every song on there it's just a really really cool interesting vibe a very weird vibe for that point in the 90s and and there's so many really good songs on there i wish that the band would have continued um so those are probably my top three yeah and like i i fully support that because late 90s turn of the century into early 2000s is like the sweet spot for music for me that's when i was in middle school i was really kind of like on this self-discovery so I'm I'm absolutely here for that. I mean, like there are so many 90s rock is such a wide open place. Like you have um, the Freshman by the Verve Pipe is such a haunting song, um, but it's like you you have like you have to listen to it. Um, Bittersweet Symphony and uh, and everything that came attached to that song um, is still a great song no matter what. Um, like it's it, there's so much good stuff there. I, I'm I'm a TRL kid, man. What can I say? Uh, and and woo. When, that's that's the thing MTV, I remember most from TRL. Back when, back when back when MTV was actually doing what they were supposed to be doing. Um, and 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 kind of like where we had like this influx. Yeah, and so like in the midst of like the Britney Spears craze, Christina Aguilera, the boy bands, Backstreet Boys for Life. Um. And you would have 
a song like Freak on a Leash being number one over all the boy bands and all the girly pop stuff, which I don't discriminate on genre. Like, if you like pop music, I love that for you. If you like, you know, I, I love all kinds of music. I, I apparently I'd never told this before today, but like I'm a karaoke kid. I love singing. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. Anything that I can sing out loud is is good for me. Um, I come from a family of singers like it's almost like hereditary. Uh, my grandfather was a small time recording artist. Um, and so I just I just love it. And 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 seeing like Freak on a Leash, which is like such a great song and such an innovative music video. Um, I, I love late 90s, early 2000s music. Yeah, it's it's funny, too, because, uh, you know, I, I don't really, as you said, you know, discriminate against a particular musical style, although I do struggle the most probably connecting with country music because of where I grew up. You know, there's just no country music there. Um, but I'm kind of all over the place, you know, like I will I will listen to like, you know, jazz music from the 30s and, and do wop from these and and you just if the song speaks to me or connects with me in some way um then then it's good to me even even if it's you know from somebody i might not usually listen to or if it's uh you know a, a boy band or pop music or rock music or whatever it might be if it connects with me on some level then it's good by me and, and i don't really care what genre it belongs to or who performs it as long as they perform it well so um yeah i'm, I'm kind of all over the place when it comes to music it's funny that you say that because my grandfather was a country singer. So um, that that's in my blood too. So um, if you, if you're struggling to connect with country artists, I know that some of it can be a mixed bag and, you know, especially the area that we live in, but uh, let me turn you on to Chris Stapleton, that guy. He's, I don't know. You probably didn't watch the Super Bowl. That was stupid of me. Um, I did not. <laughs> he's saying, he sang the national anthem and he has, listen i'm 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 easy to please he has a very bluesy voice and so like he kind of transcends the genre of country he's done collaborations with different artists from different genres so chris stapleton is a name that you need to check out my friend i will i will i will try (laughs) i will i will i will try that's all i can promise Alrighty, folks, there you have it. Uh, what are your favorite bands? And who would you, among the pantheon of comic book characters, put into a band? Uh, find us on social media, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at NerdByWord, and individually at ThatNerdDave and at ThatNerdChris. And we would love to hear what your thoughts are. Stick around after this break. We will have some new nerd commendations. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back. It's time for... Yes, it's time for Nerd Commendations. Chris, what are you nerd commending this week to our listeners? Oh, dude, I knew that this book was made specifically for me, but I don't know why I put off reading it for so long. Maybe because I wanted to binge it like I did on DC Universe Infinite, but Dark Knights of Steel. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's it's everything that I wanted it to be. Like I th- maybe the one reason why I was holding out was like okay, it seems kind of gimmicky. They're just trying to go for like the popularity of fantasy like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. But it actually absolutely delivers. You know, you got Tom Taylor uh writing Yasmin Putri um just doing such great work with art. Um and it's so unique in a story. Like it's so 
cool to kind of, and I know that DC is infamous for this, but, you know, as a newcomer to DC, like playing in this Elseworlds alt reality and just throwing, throwing stuff at the wall and like seeing what sticks. Now, I know spoilers. There's a there's an evil Superman trope that shows up a little bit. So that's a little bit of a tisk tisk Thomas. But everything else about this is five stars out of five stars from me. Um, the coolest thing that they've done with it is the green man. And it's like this hybrid combination. It's Lex Luthor who is dismissed from the Royal court. He's like also kind of the Joker and he also has kryptonite and he also has a ring of power. It's so cool. It's like a hybrid character. It's so innovative. It's so big picture. Absolutely love it. And then kind of the twist that they did with Bruce Wayne. I'm not going to give it away, but it's so cool and innovative. I've got a couple issues that I'm behind on, but I've read, I think, the first nine. I think it's a 12-issue series. I'm I'm pretty sure it was delayed, Um, but I absolutely love it. It it tickles all my fancies of fantasy, superhero comics, um, Poison Ivy, is really innovative and creatively done. Um, I, I just, I just really, really love this series, and it's, it's like, like jaw dropping cliffhangers on, on the last page of each issue. It's really, really good. So, Dark Knights of Steel, check it out. DC Universe Infinite. I believe the first nine issues are on there. Yeah, so I read, I think, the first three of this, and then I kind of fell off the wagon because there's so much other stuff to read. Um, I have become incredibly bad at reading a book month to month, to be honest with you. It seems like I, I'll read some, and then I just like forget about it for six months, and I'm like, oh, look, there's the series. There's six more issues to read. But like incrementally reading month to month, I'm getting worse and worse at the older I get, it feels like. Um, so I'm going to have to get, go back to this because I, I remember vividly really really enjoying the dynamic between um you know the the superman and the batman characters uh and then like i think supergirl and wonder woman are in a relationship or something and that was really cool how they were playing that off um and then there was some kind of twist with alfred or something that i really liked so i i think i need to get back into this because i remember really liking the writing and it kind of it, it kind of is fascinating to me that they say this is like Game of Thrones meets, you know, um, superhero comics because I have struggled over and over again to connect with Game of Thrones. Oh, but you this yeah, clicked you with me immediately. Oh, man. Yep. This, Just wait till yeah, I this know, click. I, but listen, you're the you, listen, <laughs> listen, mister, you need to wait till I'm the listening. second season. Now, nah, damn it, you have told me to wait till the second season on about 15 different shows. I'm telling you the same thing with Game of Thrones. It is very much the same. It just, you know, it's the same reason why... At, little detour, but it's the same reason why I've not actually watched The Last of Us TV show yet. It's just there is something really unpleasant about... Um, a, a story where you have nobody to root for and everybody's kind of a bad guy and everybody, n- nobody's innocent and everybody has to go to a certain extent that bad. Is a, you know, it's, it's that, that's a good, point. it's that it's, 
it's that thing that 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 Superman says in 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 Batman v Superman that always irks me when he says, you know, nobody stays innocent in this world, and I'm like, you're Superman, dude. Like, you know, that to me, having that one character that you can root for, that's really the, you know, if if not a good person, at least is trying to be a good person, isn't in for me. You know, it, it, having there a, are an characters character that tries to be good, but but for me, like the first few, the fa- first few Game of Thrones I watched, I think I watched like the first two or three episodes, and everything felt just really unpleasant. And then and then I played The Last of Us, and everything was so unpleasant and i'm like it's not that i need everything sugar-coated but i just want a character that i can latch onto as the good person you know the one i want to root for if there's nobody to root for then i usually struggle finding an in so i i, I guess that's my problem i have i have i have held off on the last of us for that very same reason so i totally get where you're coming from but i promise you that there are characters that you can cling to in game of thrones as you move along and here in the first three episodes um You've got you've got Tyrion that you probably liked, and then that was about it. Um, Pretty much, but um, and Peter Dinklage should have the world at his feet uh, at this point. But agreed. Um, I will say, and this I'm going to be completely 100 percent honest with you. This is actual words from George R. R. Martin. He said, I'm going to take the characters that you love the most and they're going to do the worst possible thing. And I'm going to take the worst possible characters and make them do the best possible thing. So he loves playing with that dynamic. However, I will say, and I was struggled with that on, on House of the Dragon season one, particularly with that, because I felt, I was just like, oh, I love this character. What the F did they just do? <laughs> and then like, oh, this, I hate this character. Oh, that was an awesome thing that they did. Um, but th- I promise you that there are characters that you will put your whole fandom and heart behind in game of thrones just don't watch the second half of the last season yeah i hear that a lot okay do we need to check you into nostalgia rehab mind find i don't care i check me <laughs> in I'll, I'll i'll live there here lately that's the best stuff i've been getting a hold of that gargoyles comic book that's running a dynamite right now is fire and it's very cool that dynamite is apparently in some kind of disney partnership right now because they're also doing a new darkwing duck book and uh i have to say it's uh, <laughs> it's amazing it's uh, all ages and you know is, is aiming for the same kind of audience as the original so it's fun for kids and fun for adults um and it just it really really is it's it's spot on it so perfectly captures the tone and the dynamic of of the show uh amanda dybert is doing the writing and she has just perfectly darkwing duck's voice down uh carlo lauro i think did the the art uh so far i'm sure they're going to rotate eventually because these books tend to do that but uh the, the 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 look is so perfectly captured from uh from the cartoon as well it feels like you're reading sort of lost episodes from the original darkwing duck cartoon and you know the the recent DuckTales remake, uh, they did like a whole Darkwing Duck subplot story in a few episodes, and that just really reawakened like my love for this character. You know this this he thinks he's so much cooler than he actually is. <laughs> he thinks he's so much more capable than he actually is, but he still somehow pulls it off in the end. Um, and I absolutely love the dynamic he has with with his adopted daughter with uh, with Goslin. I think that is so. Um, it's so rare for for a cartoon in particular to lean into like uh, you know adopted parenthood role 
uh, the way they do here. And it works so well. It worked so well in the cartoon. Um, so, so Darkwing Duck from Dynamite, I think they've had two or three issues so far. It's totally worth picking up if you like the original cartoon. If you've never seen the original cartoon, you need to get off your butt and watch it because it's hilarious. Um, and on top of that, uh, I, I think it's new, new reader friendly enough that you can probably get into uh, the comic book and appreciate it as the superhero, particularly probably Batman parody that it actually is. So it's it's really, really fun. Um and, and another win for Dynamite, who who just really knock it out of the part on licensed books. Listen, Dynamite might be that diamond in the rough that we don't get uh, enough credit to. Um, I will I will sing the praises of those Zorro comics that I nerd commended a few months back to the cows come home. Um, and then I also am interested in checking out um, the Red Sonja stuff, especially with that movie still in development. I know they've had some casting shakeups with schedules and whatnot, but that's a, a character that peripherally I'm very interested in. And no, it's not because of the metal bikini. Um, it might be, it might be my power girl. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to tell yeah. you right now that I'm right there with you because the Red Sonja books from Dynamite have been, you know, Gail really, Simone wrote really some of those strong across the board. Gail Simone had a run on it. That was absolutely Jinx. ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so, and that's not not the uh, not the only uh, good run actually. There's a lot of really good creators that come and go through that uh, book, and and they're not all in the same continuity. They kind of reset frequently and like try different things with the character. But a lot of the a lot of the Red Sonja books are really strong. It's it's really funny, you know, because Darkwing Duck. All I remember really is number one. Let's get dangerous. And that I loved it as a kid. I haven't revisited that since I was a child. So um, it might be high time to do that. But just like kind of taking a back seat to this and peripherally speaking, Disney truly could just make us love anything. Because they really said in the 90s, you know what? We're going to get these kids to love ducks. Ducks everywhere. (laughs) All the ducks. (laughs) And you will love them. And we and and we did. Let's be honest. We we truly did. Even even Scrooge, even the worst of them, we loved him. No, nah, it's true. Alrighty, folks, there you have it. This is a was a new episode of the Nerd by Word podcast. If you like what you just heard, find us on uh, your favorite podcasting platform. Give us a rating, a review, and of course, subscribe so you never miss an episode. We are available on all the podcasting platforms, uh, and of course, on our very own spiffy website, nerdbyword.com. Yeah, thanks so much for riding along with us, guys. And if you have ideas um for episodes if you have commentary if you would like to share as dave said before who would make your band uh what the name of your band would be i think we're going to put our brains together now that after we have some time and we'll 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 come up with some names for our band but please be sure to share that info with us on twitter and instagram at nerd by word or individually that nerd dave that nerd chris also hit the link in the bio if you want to get some cool merch or if you want to slot into our Discord and nerd out with us all the day long. And as always, stay well and stay nerdy, friends. Nerd by word.
The Nerd Byword is written and produced by Chris and Dave, two nerds with a love of all things pop culture. The podcast features music by Al Jimenez with additional drops composed by Joe Biondi. Our show art is by Ashery Design. Find us at nerdbyword.com and wherever podcasts are available. Thank you.